Welcome to the Move With Love podcast. I'm your host, Bree Johnson of Heart and Bones Yoga. This podcast is a love letter to yoga teachers. It's season two, and we're doing things a little bit different this season because something I've seen in the yoga world is that the same yoga teachers often get seen the most. And well, that's great. There's a lot of yoga teachers out there that don't get to have their voices heard and yet have so much to say and so many important perspectives. And that's what we're highlighting in season two here, talking to everyday yoga teachers that have very specific niches, very unique approaches to teaching yoga so that it can give you, our beautiful listeners, different ways to get inspired about your own teaching, get more confident to stand up as who you are, even if it's a little bit different from what the mainstream yoga world is. I cannot wait to introduce you to our beautiful guests for this season. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to the Move with Love podcast, and I'm your host, Brie Johnson of Heart and Bones Yoga, and today I have Astrid, who is, and she'll maybe say her last name, because I don't want to butcher it, because she is from the Netherlands, and I want (laughs) to have it be good, but I'm going to introduce you to Astrid. She is one of our uh, Heart and Bones trained teachers, one of our beautiful alumni members from around the world. And I've brought her on today so that we could talk about bringing yoga to people with chronic pain and for the everyday yoga teacher who maybe doesn't specifically teach people with chronic pain, but how can we support those who maybe don't move as easily or or have different opportunities in their bodies, minds and hearts, and how can we support them in our classes? So that's what we're gonna talk about today with Astrid because this is her area of expertise and she has so much wonderful things to say. So Astrid coming in from the Netherlands, will you please share uh, your full name for us? Hi, and thank you for having me. I'm uh, Astrid van Rens. So that's what it sounds in Dutch. Um, yeah, well, I'm from the Netherlands and um, I, uh, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really happy to have you here and talk a little bit more about this too, because Astrid is also uh, coming up with our current teacher training, going to be contributing uh, some classes for our teachers so that they can really dive in deep and learn more about working with people with chronic pain. But this is going to be for everybody here. And we're going to hopefully have some strategies in which we can really at the heart of this, make people feel comfortable in our classes. So Astrid, I'd love you to start off with that. Like what's your journey with offering yoga for people with chronic pain and fatigue? Um, Yeah, well, great question. Um, I started um, teaching, I think in 2000. 10 and um, in my teacher training before that I just noticed that my body was not um, reacting the same as the other students in the teacher training so I had a harder time Um, I had more aches after a teacher training day and um, I felt that my body was wasn't feeling really good after classes and that was strange because I liked yoga So I recognized that um, there was something going on. And after a few years, I um, got a diagnosis of fibromyalgia. Um, 
so that was makes sense. That made sense to me. And I really felt that I needed to find a way to practice yoga with this body with a lot of opportunities and a lot of pain. So the most um, direct way to find ways to do that is to teach what you experience and to find people with the same things you have. So that is when I started um, chair yoga class and there wasn't really much information. Um, so I really had to do it with trial and error with this group of lovely people who just started with me. Um, and that's how this started. I just shared what I experienced in my body and I watched what people were doing and we found ways to make the practice accessible. So this is how in, I think, 2013, this started for me. Yeah. And I love that you had to figure this out on your own. I don't love that there weren't resources and I don't love that there, there wasn't a lot of opportunities in the way of training. And I think the good news is, is that's changing more and more and more and more people. This is normalized, right? Accessible different forms of yoga in my perfect world. It's starting to get more normalized, but I also, at the same time, I appreciate that you're, you're your own like scientist and you're your own experimenter and you're taking what you know and knew about yoga and, and yourself and your own practice. And then you're applying it as an experiment in a way to the people in your classes. And I know for me in the past, that's actually been where a lot of the beautiful learning and huge exponential growth as a teacher has come from. And so how did that help you as a teacher and how did that help? Did it give you confidence because your students and the people who trusted you and you both were all, and you, the whole group was learning together. How did that change your sense of self as a teacher? Um, well, I, I didn't do it all by myself because I found a mentor, um, Jill Satterfield. Um, I don't know if you know her, but she's a teacher from the United States. And I met her in, in the Netherlands for a workshop and her story about living with chronic pain and changing it with meditation and, and yoga and finding our own practice really switched something in me that the information is already in us. And for years, she was my mentor just to um, help me with living with fatigue and pain and how to watch your mind, how it reacts to the pain, etc. So I didn't really do it all by myself. No, I have to so give good. a lot of credits to, to her yeah. because she was really helpful in this process. And what I noticed is that you, when you interact with your students and just really don't know the answers to the question, then you get a lot of free space to experience and play around with the yoga poses and with the practice. If you come into the room with all the answers, <laughs> then you can't deal with whatever is going on in somebody's body. Yeah. So you have to watch and ask questions. Every pose is like a question and we have to find the answer for everybody. Um, so that's, I think, the most um, 
soft way to approach the practice when you teach people in chronic pain. Yeah. I love that. And I think, well, I'd even be so bold as to say, may that be the way we teach everybody, right? Yeah. These poses are a question because it's not prescriptive in the, okay, your shoulder's in pain, everybody do this. That's so individual. And and what was the experience like for the people that you work with? So as they start to come to your classes and they start to move in that different or more permissive exploratory way, how has that changed them? I think the, the, the permission to find their own way of mo- moving is relaxing because when you get a diagnose and then your doctor says, oh, you have to move, and um, a lot of people hear, we can't do anything else. You have to live with this condition. This is it. Um, there are a lot of questions and you don't trust your body anymore. So when you give people permission to move in ways that feel good for your body and not to get flexible or get more strength or to fix something, but just to feel your body, make the connection, and move, um, then there is trust again in the body and trust that your body can do more things than you thought it could. And I think that's that's the, the main thing people always tell me that the permission they get is the most um, valuable thing to feel, that you can come with whatever you experience. Sometimes people come to my class um, and just sit or lie down and be there and do nothing. Just being in the class is it's already enough. And I think if you feel that permission, then it's then th- this is the yoga. If you can be with whatever is going on and feel the space to, yeah. Um, let it be, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were saying before we press that record button, you were talking about the question that you had asked the people in your classes, their experience. Can you share a little bit about that? About the question that you asked and how they responded? Yeah. Um, I asked them what they would say to teachers um, who were new to this or didn't have a lot of experience with people with different bodies or different experiences of pain and um, one of the things they were saying was like that um, just coming in with whatever is going on and feel that that is okay that that is what they liked the most so there's nobody gonna fix them they can just try an experience and, and yeah Yeah, because then the counter to that is going to, let's say, quote, quote, a regular yoga class, and they would feel like they need to fit into the shapes, or if they can't do it, if they don't have the energy, they don't have the, really, in a lot of ways, the permission to do something different in a more regular class, they feel, if I can make assumptions on what I'm hearing from you, is, yeah, they don't, they're trying to still fit themselves into this mold. And that's not what they need. And so when they come to a class like what you're offering, it's almost like this, oh, 
this nervous system sigh of, to me, that's how I interpret that sense of permission. When we give, get permission or give permission or offer permission oh, to be who we are, it's like, oh, yay. Oh, yes, okay. yes. <laughs> I can just lie down and do nothing while everybody else is doing something and that's okay. Oh, or I'm in pain today. I wasn't as much last week and I don't have to do the same thing. Oh, okay. That's yeah powerful that's what a gift to offer people and it, it really goes back to the the, the empowerment or the, the agency you can have when you're in the hospital or in the the finding finding out what is going on you lose the 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 own age i don't know if the english word is agency, agency yeah, is yeah yeah you you lose that because everybody thinks something about your body and a lot of times they don't really listen mm. you, you, you don't get heard by doctors so you lose a lot of of trust in in if you tell this is going on and nobody's listening and now you come into a room and i think yoga is really accessible for this to just get space to listen to what's going on and feel that it's hurt by the practice or by the people around you. It's recognized that this, this is how it is. And um, I think that's really powerful. Deeply yeah. powerful. And I want to really point out to everybody listening. So though we're talking about chronic pain, we're also talking like these principles are true for everyone, you know, yeah. like may we all know if, even if we're teaching the most hardcore vinyasa flow class that we can still convey that same sense of permission, that same sense of offering a space for people to exactly as what you're saying, Astrid, to tune in. Ah, oh, okay, here I am. What's right for me in this moment? So this actually will lead into a great question. As we have lots of yoga teachers listening to this and everyday people probably listening to this episode, what are some strategies? Because it's really great to hear. Yay, we can create classes to have people, no matter what their abilities, to feel good and, and accepted and move with love and in all the things. But how do we do that? And what strategies, have, what are some of your hows in the population that you work with and especially even in your own practice or body? That's a good question. Um, well, one of the main things is that I never say do this, but I say you might try this or you could do it like this. So if... I want to lift the arm, let's say to shoulder height. I just say, lift your arm and feel where your shoulder feels the most happy or um, how much space is in the shoulder today. Do you want to keep the, the arm close to your body or just want to lift it up all the way? Just feel where it's most comfortable today. So it's, I give the instructions in a way that there's room to explore what feels the most um, spacious or comfortable or I look, at, I look a lot for that kind of feeling in the body, especially when you're in pain. 
it's hard to feel where it's spacious or soft or where you feel, yeah, that kind of, of, of sensations. So if you direct the, the attention to that kind of sensations, it's helpful because you can see those two next to each other. You don't see only the pain, but you see the relaxation or softness besides that. And that gives space. Ooh, that's a beautiful image. Yeah. Because I would assume many people in pain, we want to, we're taught to in our world to avoid it, to yeah. hide from it. And then I love how you're saying you're seeing it like offering a more suggestive or exploratory way of cueing and offering movement. I really love that. The, the like, here's pain, here's something else. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's just, ooh, I, I, I had never looked at it in that way. I really, I'm really loving that Astrid. Um, and then for yourself, cause I know when you had done our teacher training, you, you yourself with somebody who has experienced teaching people with chronic pain, you live with chronic pain. And, you know, of course I'd like to think our course is fairly accessible, but even then there were things that you felt that you couldn't do. How, and what was your process? Cause that's, I like your how within a class, but then how within in like a course going, but I'm a teacher, I should, this is, cause this is, I'm saying this and asking this specifically, cause this is not the first time I have heard people say I've in many different ways. I'm, I can't do all the poses. Can I even teach? And so you experienced that yourself as an experienced teacher, taking another continuing education, right? Another certification and recognizing, wait, I can't do it all. So what was your process through that? Because I think that will be very helpful for some people to hear. Yeah, well, yeah, I really experienced that. <laughs> because it's, it's, it's strange when you're a teacher, you um, look at it in a different way than when you're a student. And I really liked to be a student again because then I could really go to process that a lot of students that come to my classes that process that they feel I felt again because I thought okay this these classes are accessible I can do this and then there was a lot I couldn't do <laughs> and in the beginning it was back to frustration I could really feel oh this is I can't do this and this is too much and and then I thought, okay, and how can I adapt this to what I feel in my body? And I, um, a lot of time I just watched and tried to do the practice in my mind and feel how it felt in my mind. And then after that, I'm trying it on my own um, in a way that felt accessible to me. So watching it and, um, just looking at the practice gave me ideas how I could do it for my body and then make this transition to my classes. So that way I broke, broke it up in little pieces. Um, and that was helpful for me. But I could really see again the process of, of um, feeling left out, feeling um, oh, this is not for me, but it's in interesting that you can, because of the practice, you can watch your mind and watch the thoughts. And this is, this is also, this is, I think, this is yoga. <laughs> if we watch the thoughts we have 
about our body and what it can or can do. If we take a step back and watch what we think of our body and how we speak to ourselves, I think that's the yoga. That's the yoga. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so the poses help us, I think, to, to just watch the mind, watch our feelings, watch. Um, and I think that's the most interesting. There's the learning part. I'm not interested in, in making a backbend and, and do a full wheel. I'm not, I'm really not interested in those kind of practices because why? <laughs> for me, for me, it's not interesting. For me, it's interesting to see that I can't do the wheel pose and what I think about that. Yes. Yeah. yeah the subtext in a way, the story within the story. And yeah, you know, I personally love hearing this kind of stuff because, and then that, and that's what you got out of that process of right, signing up for a certification. Cause I think we go into these things also being like, I'm going to do this. And these are the things I'm going to learn. I'm going to sort of check the boxes and here's my, you know, and then you're in it and you're like, I can't do it. Huh. And then, I, but then the, like, you know, as somebody who certified, like, you know, here's your piece of paper <laughs> for yoga teacher training. I, to me, you, you got an A plus if we, if we were ever to give marks and we don't, but if we were ever to give marks, that learning is the A plus, right? That's the sign of our yoga and our practice and only serves to make us better teachers. Because then what was it like when you went into your classes after recognizing and watching yourself through that process of like, uh, oh, okay, acceptance, right? Okay, I can modify what were your classes like after that? Um, yeah, this is a little bit different because mm -hmm. of the pandemic. I just teach since a few weeks um, back in the studios and online. I, I taught online. I teach online, but that's that's different. The dynamics are different for me, at least. But I can feel I just add in more like the when I teach the poses, I add in more the questions about what is going on in the mind. I noticed myself doing it, now you ask this, <laughs> that I, I did this the last weeks. So that's a new layer I add into my classes, I guess, Ask because of this teacher training. Yeah, no, I love that because it's another question that a lot of people ask is how do I bring in the deeper layers of yoga into my teaching? without maybe stopping and having a philosophy conversation, right? If you're, if you're teaching a class where people are coming and expecting asana, they're not necessarily expecting or wanting, or they think they might not want those deeper dimensions. But I think what you just described was a beautiful example of how we can invite deeper awareness, because that's what yoga is. It's a practice of awareness. And so you, Astrid, describing that and offering you, and this is just a beautiful example for anybody listening again, like you did your own awareness practice. You did your yoga. Why am I thinking this way? What is my relationship to these poses? What is my relationship to myself in these moments? Why, oh, wow. Interesting. There's, you know, the, the, the work. 
And then having done that work and PS, that work is never done. <laughs> so <laughs> it just changes and shifts. It's a lifetime practice. But having done that work in that context at that time, and then it and then you now observing how that's translating into your teaching, and you just kind of more easily and naturally invite those same reflective questions. I think that like that that's a beautiful and simple way for teachers to bring that in. Because it also takes the pressure as a teacher, because I'm, I'm saying this because I know a lot of people also feel pressure like, well, I'm struggling in my own life. I have my own pain or depression or anxiety or just any sort of life stuff that make me feel like I am not a worthy yoga teacher. Because if I'm a yoga teacher, shouldn't, shouldn't I have my shit together? <laughs> Disclaimer, you know, you're human and it's okay. But, right, but, I, that, but that's a prevalent thought. And so it's like, well, if I'm not quote, quote, like a yoga teacher, then who am I to bring in these deeper dimensions? Because I'm struggling with them myself. So I think these are words that a lot of yoga teachers experience, but I want to reflect what you've been saying, Astrid, to everybody as it can be as simple as that. Well, A, show up and do your work, right? Those are your tickets to freedom, asking why in all the ways. And then inviting that same inquiry to the people in our classes no matter what, again, the population. So again, everything that you're saying with people in chronic pain to high performance athletes, like whatever and whoever, this is still relevant. So Astrid, what would you say as we wrap up, what would you say, what would you want to offer teachers listening to this? And as people are listening, I'm going to make a whole bunch of assumptions, I bet. And I hope so many of you are listening going, oh, Right. Okay. Let's a little get some light bulb moments because what Astrid has been sharing has been really powerful. It's so simple, but powerful and resonant. So expanding on those hopeful light bulb moments and new ways of thinking about ourselves as a teacher and how we can offer space. What would you, some words of care and offering to those teachers? What I brought up in the beginning, not coming in to your class with, um, with the answers. It's leaving things more open. You can prepare your class in whatever way you want, but then people come in and you will experience a total different thing than you expected. So if you leave the answers to the questions you will ask, want to ask in your class open, then you can get into an experience and you don't have to fix or change the people in front of you. We don't have to heal, quote unquote, somebody. We just have to um, share our practice. And if you share the practice you do on your own, then it's, it's, it's always in, 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 in connection with yourself and with the other, the other person because if I just want to um, pretend I'm a flexible yoga teacher, <laughs> I will fail <laughs> because I'm not. And that's okay. It's okay to, to be whatever you want, whomever you are, I guess. Leave the, leave the questions open. It's helpful for yourself and it's helpful for your students, I guess. Mm, yes. Yes, an emphatic yes to that. Ah, that gives me, so back to that sense of when, when permission gives us that ah, feeling. Yeah. 
that gave me that. And it's so much, there's kindness in, in there too. Um, because it's, we don't have to change. I think it's, it's, it's so much more kind to just try to be who we are and try to see how that is <laughs> instead of always going to the next. Yeah, absolutely. And that even I just want to even highlight as we're talking about a, the population of people with chronic pain, I would think that a lot of teachers or people will go into those types of classes, try like, okay, I've got answers and solutions or extra pressure on themselves to fix because pain is so this in this case, this is more tangible rather than let's say the general population where all oh, my hips are tight and my shoulders are sore, but generally is okay. And I love that your takeaway and what you have found for yourself and everybody else is actually just the opposite. Offering space, offering permission, and then we can learn to self-regulate and let healing happen on its own time and in its own way when we're spaciousness to, to do that. Yay. <laughs> well, that's such a gift that you're offering and, and the gift that you've given yourself in your own practice and that you're teaching it. So I feel very happy to hear your story and thank you for sharing it with us, Astrid. And where can people find you? Because you do teach predominantly online. And so tell us about your online school and who is it for and where they can find you and all that wonderful stuff. Uh, well, thank you for asking. Um, I have an online yoga school and it's called the online yoga school, but it's in Dutch. So it's DE online yoga school. Um, and I teach mostly in Dutch, but who knows? It's, <laughs> um, uh, it's online. So there might be a day that um, maybe you never know. I will anybody, also do it in about, English. Anybody listening in English who are like, Oh my goodness, sign me up for some classes in English. <laughs> Send Astrid an email. <laughs> I'm, whether you're comfortable here, I'm throwing out um, things for you. But I, there's, there's a big, I would think a big niche for this, but of course you do with what's comfortable for you. But if there is enough people, just saying, you can, you can email <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, this is how it, how it goes. I, I always try to go with whatever is on my path. And um, I don't try to plan ahead because um, that's easier with my conditions just to take it by the day. So it comes and um, things change and I, I like that. Yeah. So thank you for uh, inviting me here. Yeah. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Yay. And people can also find you on Instagram at the online yoga school. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Online on the Instagram, Facebook, and the, my and website, the, all the same name. So perfect. it's easy to find. Perfect. Well, beautiful, Astrid. So thank you again. And I hope that we've inspired all of you listening to think a little bit different, to teach a little bit different, to keep on learning and growing, and ultimately give ourselves that same permission, especially as teachers, to show up as ourselves. That is the practice. Not easy, but it's the practice. So thanks for tuning in.